Blog Talk Radio. Have a little technical difficulty here. Just going on. Okay, Brother Jim, are you with me? Okay. Are we on? Hold on. Here we go. There we go. Everybody, welcome to another episode of uh, Real People from the Hood. We had a little technical uh, difficulty, but we're back, and we're back Indeed. in black. <laughs> so I want to welcome everybody to tonight's show. And um, sorry for the little delay, but we'll be okay. We're going to we're working on everything. Everything is going to be fine from here on in. Okay, start off. Um, my executive producer is Keith Bledsoe. And like again, um, I want to welcome everybody to um, Real People from the Hood. And if you guys need to call in or want to call in and get involved with the conversation, the telephone number is seven one eight six six four nine five one three seven one eight six six four nine five one three. I threw a question out there during the course of the week about uh, child support, and I'm trying to trying to get a, a hold of everybody's opinion about 
what was the craziest thing you had to do to make, not ask, to make, I don't know why is it that you got to make somebody who had a child pay child support, but it's a lot of brothers and sisters out there that actually don't want to do it. Um, they get ticked off about it. They get certain things in their mind where they don't have to pay because you don't moved on with your life and you're doing pretty good on your end, but he still has that child and she still has that child. You've moved on. You came to the conclusion that your mate just ain't going to act right with taking care of his responsibilities. So you had to go to the extremes. I want to know what those extremes are. Um, I threw this question out there, and this one guy said that he had he had no choice but to pay child support because they would take his driving privileges away. I didn't know that. And I, it sounded kind of weird, but I don't know exactly to what extreme the state would make anybody pay child support. So I like to hear it. I like to know what you had to do and what you had to say to a judge to make the donor or the birther pay child support. Um, I love to hear it. I love to hear your story. I love, I love to hear your side of of, um, of this. Um, I can only talk about some of the people that I've ran into and some of the people that have talked to me about um, their child support situation. And some of the women, I didn't hear that much, but a lot of guys talk about why they didn't pay child support. A lot of it didn't add up to me. You know, it's like some told me they would actually quit their jobs, a full-time job with benefits, just so they don't have to pay so they don't have to pay their girlfriend or their wife child support. I don't understand it. Um, I would love to hear it. I would like to figure out what would make you give up a lifestyle for a few dollars a month. Personally, I wouldn't know anything about it because all my kids, I've taken care of all of them, and I've never had a problem with um, taking care of mine uh, financially or uh, mentally or, uh, or physically. Um, in terms of um, clothing them, you know, being around them, giving them hugs, show up to a um, uh, one of these shows at the school or show and tell or Father's Day, Mother's Day. I, I'm trying to get into the head of the people that actually feel like they shouldn't have to pay child support or they got to be made to pay child support and what a person had to say to that person to make them pay child support. So, I'm confused on this whole subject, but it was a subject that I was really interested in. That's the reason I threw that there. Again, the telephone number to call in is uh, 718-664-9513, 718-664-9513. Uh, Keith, um, yes, sir. have you ran into anybody, man, that outright just gave up when it came to child support? Uh, oh, absolutely. I, I, you know you know what's a very, very popular uh, occupation for brothers who want to do just that, being a restaurant okay. server. Being a restaurant oh. server, you know why? Because because you get that little, and, and I hope I'm not helping these brothers out. I next thing you know, they're gonna be looking up, <laughs> looking for jobs tomorrow as a server. But anyway, uh, yeah, because you get you only make about four something an hour. That's your little hourly pay, and that's pretty much what's mm-hmm. gonna go towards the child support. But the milk and honey for a server is your tips. Your tips. You don't need oh. that weekly check. 
because they they can't they can't go into your tips because generally speaking, their cash you're only going to chip off a, a percentage of that. So you're going to be home free with a big chunk of your money. So that's a very popular hmm. job, and I knew uh, because I worked as a server. I was actually a manager, I was actually a general manager of uh, the Dixie Kitchen restaurant in uh, Lansing and the one in Chicago. Uh, general manager hmm. in Lansing, and uh, I knew of, of brothers who that was their whole motive for being a server. So hey, take take the little uh, little peanut check. I got my tips, and I said, uh, yeah, I, I I came across that. Yeah, yeah, hmm. it's a hell of a strategy. I've never heard that story before. And there's nothing, it's nothing they can do about it because you only report 8% of your wages at the end of the night. Of, of, of you only report 8% of what you, you sold, which is nothing. You know, so, yeah, I, I've heard of that, brother. Yeah. It's out there. Yeah. Now, that's, that's deep because, you know, yeah. this one guy told me that he, he, he had to pay child support because he wanted to keep driving to work. And so it's like if, that's all you're doing just to pay, just to be able to drive back and thinking in my mind that why don't you just go ahead and just take care of the kids and, and, and get rid of all those hassles because some judges, especially white judges, you know, I'm not prejudiced. I'm not trying to be prejudiced, but they they probably see like four or five, maybe 10, 20 of those guys a day, and they probably feel oh. all of them in the same boat, and they're going to treat them all the same way. They lash out. At, they lash out at you. I, I I know that from 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 going through my divorce. Even though it wasn't necessary with me, because I've I've always done. Even even now, my son is a, a junior in college, and I'm saying giving him more now than I did when I had to pay child support. You know what I mean? Hmm. Willingly, no problem. Uh, I, because I want to. I'm not obligated to. Uh, but I mean, you can't get a fishing license. Uh, if, you, if you're behind on child support, uh, if you want to conceal carry, you can't do that. If you're behind on child support, they they, got, they got have a lot of hooks out there. I can't think of them all, but I know of those two. That if you want to uh, get a license, do certain things, particular hunting. If you're behind on your child support, you know. So it's still, almost like my, having a. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say. I, I was honestly still. My whole thing is look. Okay, get get you your one job, and they can't dock you from. Only for only one job. If you have the one job and they're taking child support out of your check, if you get a second job, job, they cannot take child support out of that check. Feel me? So my whole thing: get your yeah. out there and get a second job. And one of them be what they chip off for of child support, and the other one is on. Then, then you got it. I mean, if you have to, I've had three jobs at the same time. When I went back to school, I was 52 years old, and, and, and taking care yeah. of my son. So I don't want to hear these brothers talk about what they can't do. It's what they don't want to do. So you know. um, I'm thinking, what, so it, it's got to be a, like a, a pride thing or just from her because she's harassing him about taking care of his offspring or it's she's more than one pressure reason. on him or he just don't want to do it? That various. Well, that's just, all, all those reasons. Everything you said, those are all part of the reasons. Uh, uh, bitterness uh, uh, over the divorce, uh, scorn men, scorn women, women who don't who won't let the Brother see the kid, and, and he's still supposed to pay, and he that's his way of getting back. But that don't work. Uh, she, she's she's messing up the money and not doing the things she's supposed to do with the money uh, for the sake of the kid. Uh, you know, he just want to go out and party and keep all his money to himself, and and don't want to do his part, which, which which I think generally is most of the case. Yeah. I think that's most yeah. of the case. Unfortunately, you know what, and you know, I, and keep- 
and I and I've and I've heard brothers say that you know she she living with somebody. Why I got to pay? You know, little husband, a new boyfriend, a new husband paid, but that's not his child. You know, if if he's paying, if he's doing what he's supposed to do, and she's moved on and got a husband or a boyfriend, and he doesn't mind contributing to that child, that child is going to win twice in terms of financial support and um, uh, mental support from two dominating males if yeah. it went that way. But the... You know, and, and, Go ahead, go ahead, brother. I was about to say, um, on the flip side of that, some women don't want. Some women will will actually get into a confrontation with a man that has moved on and got another uh, young lady and got her pregnant and taking care of that child. So she figures she's gonna constantly keep running him back and forth to court because she's not gonna just let him take care of his offspring by another young lady. She's going to make sure that his life is kind of miserable on the end of everybody, all this evasiveness in terms of, of sheriffs coming to his job and he's getting called off his job to go to court and, you know, he's losing money from that and then he got to take time off. And even though the child is, is going to be in the middle of all this stuff, is, is, is the women, are, uh, I think the women are, I'm not, I will say this, some of the women are just as evil as the men are. Because they get jealous because the man had another offspring and, and throwing all kind of money at his new baby, but ain't taking care of the one oh, that she had or the two that she had. That's that's a part of that's a part of the equation. Absolutely, that's absolutely a part of the equation. It's, it's a hell of a hell of a stew, man. You know, it's a hell of a stew. Hmm. Uh, and the thing about it is, see, what brothers can't seem to come look. Child support is damn near like the IRS now. You're gonna pay. You're gonna pay. Eventually, I don't care how old you get and how old your kid get. If you you back on child support, they gonna milk your check wherever you go, however you do. You ain't getting away no income tax refund, but you may as well just, like I say, get a damn second job for your party time. You know, because they came about if you, if you make if you make thirty thousand dollars on your first job and you find another job making seventy, and they're hitting that thirty already. Uh, now, mm-hmm. then again, I, I, I'm not sure. I think I think if you make them more money, I think they can. She can always refile and, and hit that higher portion. I think they can do that. But still, my point is, the second job they can't hit off that second job. They can't hit off that second job. Hmm. So, and that, that's, so, huh? Okay. So and the that's, women. That's what I did. So some women would that's actually go to court multiple times if they found out that. The woman will go to court multiple times if the man is making more money and she finds out about it. She'll take him to court and oh, try to get yeah. part of it also? Try to get? <laughs> you better try to get an attorney yeah. for, your, for, your, for your ass because, uh, oh, yeah, she could, you, you make a 35, she find out you got a, another job, now you're making 70, she go file another claim. And they're going to take, they take the percentage off that higher portion. You know you what? Make them, make them um, more. Yeah. Yeah, my 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 stepbrother is going through some of this with his wife. I hope you don't mind me putting it out there, you know. But you know, it's like she she she's got like multiple kids by by different men. I think she got like three, maybe four baby daddies, and him included. And she had to actually she didn't have to, but she actually quit her job at the post office just so she can get the funds from 
each one of those guys to take care of their kids. So she got income coming in from three different, four different males. And she quit. She had wow. to quit the job at the post office, and she got on public aid, and they asked her where was the man that, you know, and she told them from what he was telling me. And they pursued these guys and, and, and hit them up for, for the uh, child support. And basically what she was doing with the money from what he was telling me, I don't know whether it's true or not, but that's what he was telling me, that she lived, she had a lifestyle. She actually yeah. had a lifestyle from four different checks coming in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It didn't have to work. And I always got to see, I mean, hey, some people get over like that, if you want to call it that. But absolutely, man. It's, yeah. a, it's a hell of a stew. Plenty of ingredients. And that's just another a scenario to add into it. Uh, I mean, you got guys out there yeah. who have uh, multiple kids that don't do a damn thing for, for any of them, you know, and uh, really? so it, it, it's on the, hey, it's, it's just how it is, brother. How I'm gotta, trying to figure out if, if it's a way that these brothers can just, you know, don't worry about if she moved on. Don't worry about if she's got a boyfriend or husband. Don't worry about what in other incomes coming in because even if if the if the child is being taken care of by the young lady and her new mate, that means whatever he's contributing to that child with her and her new mate, it's going to be beautiful in terms of yeah. you know extra money. Um, maybe she don't want to send him to public school; she can send him to private school because she got extra money coming in. Um, that, that that jealousy thing and that 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 hatefulness man kicks in to the point where. Neither one of them want to do anything in terms of cooperating, and they just want to go out and just tear each other down, man. You know, and that child can't figure out why he can't see his father because the moms and told him that he ran out, and it wasn't a, it wasn't you know all the way truthful. It's just that she got pissed off at him at one point and said, um, told a child that yeah he ran off, he left you here when he bothered with you, which probably wasn't the truth. It's just the fact yeah, that he's pissed off at the point that told him or her anything. And all that goes into the desensitization of these kids. And that coupled with, uh, you know, you got the rap lyrics and push them along and, and uh, let them, mm-hmm. you know, ex- ex- expose some anger. You got the uh, the violent video games. And, and I hear you have it. You have uh, you have the, t- the too many of the type of, I say too many because definitely not all. I don't even think the majority but too many of that type of youth who are the type of youth that we have causing havoc throughout the cities today. And if you say yeah. it's the parents, yeah. well, the hell, the parents are kids too. <laughs> so what do you do now? You know, you got to do something different. You know, and, and sometimes the, um, the, the the grandparents, man, play a role in it too because sometimes they're in the, in, in the females' head to what they should do or what they shouldn't do. And when you get to third and fourth and fifth parties, it's bad enough you got to make a decision uh, while being angered. Yeah, and that will make you angry, especially when 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 you're trying to when you're struggling trying to keep somebody else's kid clothed and 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 at a certain type of a certain level of a lifestyle, and then you look out the window and you see him rolling by in this Cadillac with his twenty-seven inch rims. You know, smoking blunts and whatnot with his buddies. In the and, you know, yeah. and then here you here he comes. He sees you with your new boyfriend, just just giving you anything that you want, and 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 being the man that he should have been to you. Then he get pissed off, 
and then don't nobody want to do nothing. And so the and kids are wondering. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. Emotional and the kids decisions. probably wonder what the hell's going on. Yeah, hmm. yeah. It, it becomes the whole thing becomes emotional. It's a powder keg. Just to just keep putting powder in the keg, keep powder in the powder in the keg, powder in the keg, powder in the keg. And as Malcolm X say, you know, the powder keg theory. The next thing you know, man, it's, it, eventually, you know, it's going to get around, you know, too hot an atmosphere, and it's going, you know, there you go. So, yeah, uh, we come yeah, up on a break. And, you know, and you're like, we got to go ahead and um, okay, um, real people from the hood, we got a um commercial coming up and then we got a um a song right after the commercial um it's going to be the temptations ball of confusion oh that's what we're talking about anyway so we'll see you in about another at least four or five minutes so come on back again the number is um 718-664-9513 come on back and put your input in Hey, Chicago, for your next family reunion, call Jimmy Williams of Abstract T-Shirts at 773-690-5366. That's 773-690-5366. Your family reunion expert since 1990, with photo T-Shirts and custom printing available. You can see samples of his work on the Internet. Search for JimmyWilliamsOnline.com. That's JimmyWilliamsOnline.com, one word. For families wanting reasonable prices, quality service, and good advice at making their family reunion a success, call Jimmy Williams from Abstracts T-Shirts at 773-690-5366. That's 773-690-5366. Your family reunions should always be a happy occasion, and your T-Shirts should reflect that. Call Jimmy Williams at 773-690-5366. Your T-shirt man.
And when I'm, specifically, I'm talking about how we have been so systemized, and just, just like we're talking about how these record companies are influencing these kids with the money to do what they're doing, and it's creating a self-genocidal state that we're in today. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying That's to understand that too because because you know you got some young guys out here, man, that they got to get their parents involved as managers and producers and. They got to sign off on them signing with these record companies and whatnot, man. I'm pretty sure they are dropping the ball on a lot of this stuff too. They send the money more so than anything oh. else, because at the one point, too. you know, the parents got to say, yeah, the parents got to say, wait a minute. I understand you like what you're doing. You are gonna make money from what you're doing, but do you know the the the, the harm that you're doing? You know, and, and, totally and it's almost like walking a tightrope. It's walking a tightrope because. Moms ain't never had no brand new car or a brand new house, you know. That uh, you know he can take care of his whole family with one hit record if he got a hundred thousand dollar advance. So they really give up a lot of the um um I hate to use this word morals for the almighty dollar. You know, Jay Z did it. You know, Easy did it. You know, um, whoever sold rocks, cracks, whatever they did back in the day and they started their little record companies, and they got all their buddies in on them. And, you know, some of them is even getting, being arrested now. They'll get a record contract right now, and they'll use that advance to try to buy as much weed or cocaine as they possibly can and try to sell it and stack their dollars. You know, you got whole crews going down for that stuff, man. You know, you got like you 10, 15 guys that grew up together, and they all of them in jail, all of them in handcuffs going to jail. Yeah, you know, and, and like I was saying, as I said before, the, the, the parents, see, these days, we, we live in a day, see, it's not like back when we came up where it was just the parents of the parents. These, this day, the parents are the kids, are too. I know they were, they, they, they were young folks who had kids back when we came up. I, I, okay, I, I get that. But this day, the parents are kids also. Hell, the, 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 you know, the, the, the parents be up in the, in, in the house playing uh, Grand Theft Auto and got to fight the kid for the remote. Damn it. You know, so it's even it's even deeper than just 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 the parents these days. You know what I mean? Hell, these guys, you know, yeah. it's a whole new generation, brother, and they have been desensitized. Not all of them. We have great great young kids. I I saw that in New Orleans when I was down there with uh, a group of uh, with my son and a group of his uh, buddies from University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, and I said, man, you know, uh, to these HBCUs, that's it's nothing like it, and that's a whole other story, but there's nothing like an HBCU, that experience. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I, want, I, I would love for the, I, I say this all the time, man. I'm, I'm just a neighborhood guy. I would love to see um, um, the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois turn brown because they got, we, we got a good chance now. Think about it. Rahm Emanuel here in Chicago is in a runoff with Chewy. He's a Mexican guy, a Hispanic brother. And brother now he's Chewy just got the endorsement of um, he just got the endorsement of Printwinkle. You absolutely. know, and Lewis, um, and um, the young lady is head of the teachers union. What's her name? Lewis. Um, Karen. Karen Lewis. Yes. Karen Lewis. Karen Lewis. Okay. This is this is my scenario on that. Right now, Pretwinkle is going to back Chewy for mayor, correct? Now, Pretwinkle decided to run for governor. That means Chewy is going to help. Chewy and Miss Lewis is going to help 
Miss Brentwinkle to come governor. Then it's going. Now we already um, um, uh, voted to have the school board elected instead of assigned. So that means Chewy and Brentwinkle can turn around and help Miss Lewis become the first elected um, school board president. So this this state can be brown, man, within the next uh, five to ten years if everybody, if everybody stay focused. Uh, Luis Luis Gutierrez, man, is is really disappointing to me because he's back in Rom. Yeah, I understand that, but he's a Hispanic. Chewy is a Hispanic. Do you realize how many votes they would get if if Luis, uh, Miss Lewis, and Prent Winkle stand behind um, Chewy to become mayor? This whole they can they can they can they can do it. They, there it is right there. That's the that's that right there, man, can open up a whole new can of worms for the state of Illinois. Yeah, this is a golden opportunity. I hope Chicago, the people who are uninformed and asleep will become informed and wake up, because this is a, a hell of an opportunity for Chicago and Illinois. This is a golden yeah, Everything is. you just said, everything you just said, and I believe Chewie's going to win this shit. He's going to win Chewy. this shit. Man, he's going to win this shit. Because it's his time, man, you know, you know, yeah. Hispanic had to come off their high horse about Obama uh, deporting everybody. No, that shit was set up by Bush. Do your homework. Those laws in the place. Obama had no choice but to uh, execute them. Even though he's the president of the United States, there's certain things he can do, and there's a lot of things he can't do. And yeah. Hispanics got to understand that. You know, Republican ain't doing jack for him, and here's a brother is trying, but he also got to do his job. So that means if you're not documented, if you decide you don't want to go down there because you don't trust nobody with your information, that's on you. So don't blame that brother because he's doing his job, and at the same time he's trying to put in laws to make you citizens at, in certain stages and whatnot. Okay, it ain't going fast enough. I understand that. A lot of shit ain't going fast enough. People were doing <laughs> black people were doing civil rights since the forties. You know, yeah, and it okay. wasn't until like sixty, sixty whatever until they got the shit in law. So. Hispanics, if you listen to me, quit bitching and get on board. And yes, as far as yes. um, this new, the new era for Illinois, it can be brown in five years. If everybody, if all people of color and uh, progressive white folks and, um, um, and people of color get together, because Republicans, even though I voted Republican, I voted Republican governor for one reason, because I didn't, I didn't want Quinn to change Illinois into a Detroit. <clears throat> He was spending too much money. He couldn't say no. And the only way he can stop doing what he's doing, he had to get his ass up out of there. On the flip side well, of that, as me voting Republican, was only because I know Republican um, politicians are greedy as hell. They got to bring some way, they got to bring resources in, and that means cutting them. And they, the people are only going to let them cut so much. So he got to bring in some extra revenue, and that getting back into some other streams of um Income with, you know, the, with, with 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 everybody paying their fair share of taxes, bringing in new revenue. If if it means bringing in weed and whatnot, Republican uh, Republican governor can do that. You know, at the same time, he's going to get greedy, and he's going to keep doing what he's doing to the point where people are. It's going to be a fifty fifty thing with him. That's why I think Brett Winkle got a damn good chance of being governor of Illinois. Oh yeah, I think she would have a, a good chance uh, this year. I I, I think that. Even I, I I disagree on the one hand with Brown or period, but I do understand the fact that sometimes we do shit and accept shit that's so uh, 
just so crazy that maybe we deserve to take a step back and get around yeah, to to wake up to wait to wake up because he I don't think he's gonna be any better than, than uh uh well what's Picard uh, Quinn Quinn yeah damn uh, Quinn yeah. I don't think it's okay. just necessarily be any better but but we don't know but I mean but sometimes like I say you, that, that, I put a post in the other, I know I know you I know Hillary's your girl but I put a post in there saying basically that I, I would I, if she was the only one in the race I wouldn't run run a vote for her. Because I said if we were to vote for her, then we deserve a, a Republican president. So uh, mm. that's just. But this is what I want to ask you since we're talking about the Chicago mayor race. Did you, I, okay. All over Facebook today, I, have you heard about what Willie Wilson, Willie Wilson said? As Willie far Wilson, as he's going to vote. No, I hear, he, I, he says he's going to vote for Chewy but he's going to leave it to his constituents to tell him who to endorse for mayor. That's the stupidest damn thing I ever heard of. Yeah. You're going to vote for yeah. Chewy. If that's, the, if that's the case, then why even vote for Chewy? If you're going to let your constituents tell you who to vote for, which definitely means he's pointing towards Rom, I would think, then why don't you just take your little vote, your little house Negro vote, and give it to Rom, give it to Master. And Man, why did he do that he same thing? Why, why did... Why didn't he do that for the governor's race and, and, and get the word of his constituents to tell him who to vote for? See? True. So that's, that's it's, it's true. That's been on uh, a lot of Facebook talk about that. People are hot, man. Yeah, that, he, he, Willie, Willie is fence riding, man. Willie's problem is, man, that, you know, he's too slick for his own freaking good. You know, he came up broke, made a lot of money, then he got some rich friends. Fine. You know, do your thing. But at least be real. Exactly. At least be truthful to yourself, if nothing else. You don't make any dumbass statements like, I'm going to personally vote for Chewy, but I'm going to leave it up to my constituents to tell me who to vote for as far as um, uh, who to support as mayor. You know, it's like, come on, man. You done already did photo shoots with the man, and you done already, you're friends with Rodner, and, and, and I don't understand him. I don't understand and he's him. Already, that, he's that, already that said. to me. He's already said anybody but Rob. They've all said we're all here for one common goal. That's a get rid of Rob. And see, he is, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. The dude is just, I know people have speech impediments, and, and I ain't talking about them, but this dude here, he has stupidity. He, he, he may have you know some business sense of some good connection. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, you're right. You know, I said on my page, man, that, you know, is anybody can hire the, some damn good people around them, but those the one that you know, Willie can hire good people around him all day long, but he ain't gonna trust them. Because he he has the one thing his bottom line. Those people can bring in his bottom line, but he's not gonna trust them to take care of his bottom line. He's gonna take care of the bottom line himself. If that means lining yep. himself with um, Rom, he's gonna do it. You know, if that if, if that means um um. It ain't, ain't no, ain't, I don't see anything wrong with that because I didn't line myself with Romner. I didn't Quinn to turn Chicago into Detroit. I really didn't, you know, and I felt it coming. You know, you you got to stop saying, you got to stop giving all these preachers whatever the heck they want. You got to stop spending money that you don't have. You're already in a hole, and then you want to spend another $200 million on some stuff that you ain't going to even be able to pay for 
You, you can't even take care of the pension. Now you want to spend two hundred million on some other stuff. God. My main problem with Quinn, what I didn't like about Quinn, is, 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 is why when you had all these killings, not have, but have, especially at one time, it was like, damn, what's going on here? Right. You know, you're the, you're the governor of Illinois, which means you're the president of this. You're not the president of the United States, but you're the president of this state. Of, 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 well, that's okay. I still, I'm still talking like I'm there. I got my heart's there. But you're the president of mm-hmm. Illinois, and don't. That should have been a part of damn any conversation you had. We got to do something. We got to do something. You know, just keep it in the conversation. These guys were just, you know, here pin drop, man. Can you imagine if this type of genocide was going on and these Israelis, these kids, and the youth were killing each other, killing each other there? Can you imagine the, what the system would do to make sure they fix that stuff quick? But we know why. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, you know, and know. you know, a friend of mine, Justin Stamp, said something, man, that gets stuck in my head all day. You know, um, um, white politicians don't go after black constituents for their vote. They'll pick somebody for them. They'll pick somebody black for them to go after the black vote for them. So that means they'll they'll pick our leaders for us and make sure those leaders have enough constituents so they can bring us aboard and point us in the direction that we need to go in. That needs to stop, too. You know, and, and, and like I've always said, I'm a black nationalist independent, always have been. You know, um, I love my black folks. I love the country that I'm in, and I don't give a damn about the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. You know, I got grandkids coming up. I got kids here. I'm going to try my best to get involved to the point where they can have a lifestyle when I'm gone. And the the I don't understand how our black leaders, man, can 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 cast us out to the point where you you mean to tell me you're gonna come here and talk on behalf of this guy and try to persuade us to go along with you. So that means you're gonna be the one going through the back door, getting what you want up front first, and then you're gonna sell our ass out um on the back end. All the time, and that and that, and that kills me with Chicago. That kills me with black black um, politicians and and you know the the, the black caucus man. The, the the city of city of Chicago black caucus ain't nobody heard from them. I haven't heard from them. You let, know, let me ask you, you you guys are leaders. Go ahead. Let me ask, let me ask you Chicago question pertaining to Chicago. What what do you think? What what do you what's what's your take on Bobby Rush? Bobby Rush. Bobby Rush got too much baggage. Bobby Rush problem. My my thing with Bobby Rush, I feel, is that um, he 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 doesn't have the ear of everybody that he needs to be talking to. He got to have people's confidence that he's going to do the right thing. Black, white, Hispanic, or whatever. It's Chicago, man. It's just too much hatred. You know, and what Bobby did back in the '60s, man, with the Panthers and everything, was a beautiful thing. White folks don't seem to think so, but I was back there when he did the bread, uh, Operation Bread Basket and whatnot up on Roosevelt Road right around um, Independence and um, Lawndale area and all that stuff, man. I was, I, was, I, was in, I, was, I was young, but we walked all the way from 15th and Lawndale all the way up to, like, Roosevelt Road and Independence and whatnot, man, getting those breakfasts before we went to school. So I know what they did. I know what they tried to do. How did they do that, man? Yeah, I, I remember those uh, three months of man. That shit was on time. <laughs> Back there. Yeah. But 
you know, yeah, moms they, was only making uh, what minimum wage. That was like what a dollar something an hour, you know, back in those days, yeah. back in the um, yep. um, the late sixties, early seventies. You know, yeah, you know, if yeah, mom's yeah. in matters walking up there, you know, she she encouraged us. She told us to get involved with um um Operation Breadbasket, man. They had after school programs, she didn't mind us going, you know, and we didn't have to worry about no knuckleheads jumping on us going out going to their little uh yeah. wherever yeah. location they were at, you know. You know, so we we were able to go, man, and enjoy the Black Panthers, man. I really enjoyed them as I was coming up. But a lot of people see uh Bobby Rush still a Black Panther, even though he's a congressman, they still see him as a Black Panther. You know, well, a lot of, and, lot of, and Bobby. I was going to say a lot, a lot of people that uh, I, I think that he was mysteriously and very conveniently uh, absent from uh, Fred Hampton's crib that he was supposed to have been at that night, and uh, kind of miss being part of that hit, and think that he may have been like an informer on that, which is very interesting. It's, it's interesting. I never but, heard that. Uh, twist. I've never heard that twist. You, 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 you never heard um, that? Oh man! I never heard that twist. Yeah. That twist I never heard. Yeah. Yeah. You put if you put put that out there on your Facebook, and if, if, if you know, if, if you care to. I mean, but yeah, it, it was uh, a part of a hell of a, a, a conversation, a, a posting uh, about a week or so ago. Who believed that he was just conveniently, and, and I can't disagree. It was interesting, the theory, uh, but. Right. I, I still say that the Black Panther Party was on their way. And the system knows that, which is why they did all the things that they did, which is why Fred Hampton was assassinated. They were on their way to be some, something really, really special for black people, man. They had that shit going yeah. proper. Yeah. It was proper. Yeah. You know, and I heard about the Head Start stuff that they started, man, with the after-school programs for young um, young inner-city um, children and whatnot, man. And, you know, um, looking back, and 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 the little stuff that I do remember, um, I remember when they first got all that money from the government. I think they had about a million, million and a half or whatever. And right around that time, that's when things started happening for the Panthers in terms of them um, um, disintegrating, disintegrating, man. And, and, and yeah. that was sad because they started fighting for money. money. You know, everybody wanted to know yeah. where the money was going. But you know what happened? You know, and I what, hated what I, that, man. What what I learned from I listening, I, I, man, I've seen so many damn documentaries. That's why I haven't seen the movie Selma yet. I've seen so many documentaries that I don't even need to see a movie. I've seen the real live cut footage from them and everything that possibly can be. But I heard that Elgis Plea was excellent. He was saying how the Black Panthers were dis- dismantling. You know, she was talking about how the system, the government, was send, uh, you know, fake uh, mail and claiming that this person did that, and they got them battling internally, you know what I mean? Like somebody sending you a letter right. saying, hey, Keith said this about you. Somebody sent me a letter saying, well, Jimmy's saying this on the air and all that. And then next thing you know, we saying, hey, man, what's up and all that. And she and, and I, when she was talking, I said, damn, this, you know, this this FBI, Jay Edgar Hoover, the system is something else, man. And it shows you how great Fred Hampton and Mark Clark was because they killed him. Right. I agree with that. You know, Fred Hampton was the next people was always. Yeah, I agree. You know, because he really did have. You know, like I said, I was only um, um, seven, eight, nine, ten when all this was going on, man. Back in the uh, mid to late sixties, and I, I really, as young as I was, man, I, 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 I comprehend everything that they were doing. My mom even comprehended, but it was kind of hard to explain to me at that time. But yeah, when she yeah. let us, when she let us leave the house early. 
to go to school and ask us, why don't we just go by there and, and you know, we can go by there and have breakfast and then go straight to school. You know, we had cell phones and nothing like that back in the day, man. We did what our moms told us, man. And we, I, I know I enjoyed it. My brothers and sisters, they went, and we all enjoyed it. You know, um, I think the saddest part about the whole thing, again, man, when, when we kept hearing about all these arguments and whatnot, man, and, you know, with the guys, yeah. you know, um, because they were real strong over on 16th and Lindale back in the day. You know, um, oh, I can remember 16th and Lindale hours. like it was yesterday, man. You know, it, it, from I, I remember from um, literally from Pulaski all the way to about, I'm going to say, Millard, because we weren't able to go, we weren't able to go that far up 16th Street. All of them were black-owned businesses. All of them. I didn't see one white face coming up in the um, – the, yep. the, the early to late 60s on 16th and Lindale. I didn't see yep. one white face owner. Every shop was black-owned. My stepfather owned at least two of them. You know, and, you know, um, a lot of those guys, man, that that, that, that were um, vice lords at the time, man, they weren't the vice lords of the day. They were older cats, owned their own businesses. And it was a beautiful thing, man, for um, uh, uh 8, 9, 10-year-old man to be looking at, man. That was a beautiful thing. It really was. Yeah. Jim, hold on. We look like we have a caller coming in uh, from uh, oh, someone area, okay. so we'll see if we could. Well, he, uh, I don't know, usually they press one if they want to come on to the show. If you want to come on to the show, if you want to say, have something to say, uh, 601 area code, just press one so I'll see that you want to come on. Or if you're just listening, that's fine, too. That's fine. Yeah, I meant to, uh, meant to say that to the listeners. If you press one when you get through, That'll let us know. Uh, we'll get the signal to let you know you want to come on the air. Uh, if you don't do that, then we'll just think that you want to listen in, and we, we love that, too. More than welcome to do that. <laughs> so, you know what? Today, what the hell? Who the hell is Pulaski? That's what I want to know. Who, who is that? Today was Pulaski Day. Man, my, boy, my, man, my boy, my boy just told me that tonight. I don't know what the hell Pulaski Day is, man. You know, it's supposed to be some Polish hero or whatever, whatever the hell he did. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't be honest with you. I really don't know. All I know is that that was part of the deal in order for us to get to Martin Luther King holiday. And, and I, I'm saying, you know, we, we always, every, t- every time we have get something, somebody else got something else that has to be attached to it, some bullshit. And I'm like, you know, I, I just almost wish we could have just said, out and said, you know what, Pulaski had nothing to do with this. We, we ain't marching go through all that rhythm of all to have a Pulaski attached to Martin Luther King Day. Oh man, I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I feel oh, man, oh, but you know what though, it it, it it's never going to be a clean a clean bill of sale when it comes to giving black folks something, man. Because remember, when they um when they put us in the category of minorities, man, they they put us in the same category with Hispanics, um, of course, black women and white women. That part I don't understand. I don't freaking understand. You know, they, they do that when it's to, when it, those when it's to every. When it's to everybody's advantage except for ours, then we are part of the peer group, especially in court. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, and and I I never felt I never understood a lot of the stuff that they, well, I understand what they're doing. You know, they'll give us they'll they'll let us take two steps up and and they'll let us go three steps back. You know, and, Hold on, Jim, and, uh, and a lot of we're gonna we're gonna let the caller in. Uh, yeah, we're gonna let okay, the caller come in and. We'll see what's going on. Uh, oops. 
Caller, are you there? Yeah, peace to y'all, brothers, man. How y'all doing tonight? Pardon me? Yeah, peace to y'all, brothers. Uh, how y'all doing tonight? Doing pretty good. How are you? I can't complain, brother. Uh, I just wanted to answer your question um, about Pulaski. Uh, that's the okay. day that's named after Casimir Pulaski. He was a uh, he was a he was a Polish nobleman. I mean, he was a um, a lot of Polish people celebrate that holiday. Actually, they just got finished celebrating. It's every first of March in Chicago. They celebrate a holiday. They celebrate him. So, and you're absolutely right about the vice lords. Uh, I just saw a lot of uh, documentaries from when I was younger. And then my dad, he stayed on uh, Goosby, I guess. So he told me a lot about how they did a lot of things at one point with uh, Bobby Gore and with Fred Hampton and all those guys were around before everything went down, how it went down. But um, I like hearing what you're saying, just to, you know, compliment what you were saying, brother. That's all. That's, that's, some, good oh, that's yeah. some good history to know. Yeah, Go ahead, Jim. Let me ask you this: did it, How 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 did it influence you, man? Uh, coming up, how first of all, how old are you, and 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 what age were you were that you experienced the 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 the, the, the Panthers back in the sixties? Uh, oh, I'm just 27, man. My pops was around back then. Man, my dad. Went, okay. We went close and whatnot. He grew up on Chicago. I never grew up in Chicago, but uh. I used to go there every summer, you know. I never stayed there. I stayed in Mississippi, but, you know, I used to go up there every summer. So, you know, I've been around. I know everywhere. I know about Harris Chicken. I've been, you know, I, I used to do shows at my high school. You know, I'm on the south side. I've been on west side. You know, I, I know Chicago, you know what I mean? But um, it's just, Chicago is uh, influential, just like New York and Los Angeles, because it's three of the big hubs, and, it's the three major cities during the Great Migration that black people from the South went to, Chicago being the number one because, you know, that's really where the gangsterism and the, 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 the organizations and all that stuff started at. You know, and then it went out everywhere. Then it went to L.A., and then it went to, you know, um, you know with with, with uh, T. Rogers and the Black Stones going out to L.A., then it went to uh, New York, you know, with the Latin Kings, so. It started in Chicago and then it spread out. So I think if we're going to heal anything, we're going to first have to heal Chicago, and then that'll start a domino effect to healing the world. Let me ask you this, brother. What's your name? What's your name? Um, Oh, I'm G, man. Everybody just call me G. What's up, G? Let me ask you this, brother G. Do you, because we're, both Jimmy and I, we're old schoolers, okay? We we come up from a little different musical era. What's your take on, on, on the music? and the influence that it has on our youth today. Do you see it as an issue or a problem, or you think it's just something that we old schoolers are misunderstanding? Uh, um, uh, you kind of understanding it. You kind of coming at it right, and you kind of just misunderstanding it. Um, okay. Just, just for me, observing life and people, whenever a group of people are getting old, they say that's not music anymore. Every okay. old group, they get older and they say that's not music. So it's not that it's not good music. You got artists like Big Crit. You got artists like Kate Reno. You got artists like um, J. Cole. You got artists like Kendrick Lamar. You got art. Just plenty of artists that give 
good substance music. I mean, put good music and uh, out that has good substance. But at the same time, on the flip side, in Chicago, you have a war that's being propagandized by bigger elements than even the politicians. And the war is being propagandized as, you know, if you are a hitter or if you, you know, it, 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 it's a, it, let me see how I can explain it. In Chicago, the biggest problem with the music situation is, and it's going everywhere, is this drill music. And this music that's talking about murder and killing and all this stuff right here. And we've always had that rap music, but at the same time, this music here is deadly because these people are killing somebody and then they're going to do a song just to validate the kill. So it's like wow. the music is boosting the lifestyle. So yeah. um, okay. these and you got to remember these are the kids that grew up. These are the other generations. This is the next generation, and ain't no generation mm-hmm. gonna get better until the previous generation make it better, because it's a domino effect. Just like I was just saying, it was a domino effect. Okay, you had Black Panthers like Fred Hampton and all these guys, but once you had the uh, the Fluky Stokes, once you start having these type of guys, once you start having the Willie Lloyd and the gangsterism got probably on the rise, then this is the next level of it. It ain't going to do nothing but keep getting more ratchet, more raw, more, you know what I'm saying, in your face. And I agree. keep getting like that, you know, because that's the things evolutionize. You know, once you start a cycle, it's gonna if, if if you start a cycle, it's gonna sit there and it's gonna if you start a wheel, it's gonna keep turning. If you keep on letting it go down in here, it's gonna keep on turning, keep on turning, keep on turning, keep on turning. It's never gonna stop, it's just gonna keep going further down the hill. So you have to put something in stop and say, Okay, I'm gonna stop this and then I'm gonna physically push this back up to where it needs to be and so it'll stay there and put a barrier so it'll stay there, so the music is good. Okay. Excellent. That's interesting. Uh, that's just, just so, you yeah. being old school, not even looking at it from that side of the coin or that side of the fence, dude. That's I like that. It's pretty cool. You know something, um, brother Jim, that's what happens. See, we we talk we talk about that to each other a lot. And that's why I wanted to ask Brother G the question because we 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 talk about it to each other, but to, to get a brother uh who's who's there and, and and within that age range to hear his perspective, I'm gonna tell you, that was deep to me. I appreciate that, brother Chief. Appreciate that. Oh man, no problem, man. I love building with my elders, man. People that's older than me, you know, I always learn something, man. From a baby or from the oldest person, you just learn a little bit more from the older person, you know. And and we learn from you guys too, brother. I tell you, real people from the hood, man. That's what's the name of the show. That's no, it. No. I like that, G. Thanks a lot, man. That was no a nice call, brother G. Can I raise a question before I get out for? Uh, I raise a question Absolutely. What do you think was the most crucial point in gang history where it just turned totally sideways? And oh, I have, how do you oh, feel like we can reverse it? Well, hmm. I, 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 I think I, I said this before quite often. I said I never thought that I was, the day would come where I say I really, really missed the gang leaders. I miss the gang leaders because when the gang leaders were here, they had there was a, there was a, there was a discipline amongst the gangs. As raunchy as people could say that they were, they had uh, boundaries. They they weren't supposed to do certain things. They they were they had a chain of command. 
it wasn't random killings like they are today. Today it's anarchy. Every kid for himself. I think it turned when they, they took the gang, they, they created the gang leaders, they took them off the street, and these kids had no leadership. And I think that's when the bottom fell out. That's my opinion. Go ahead, Brother Jim. Um, I really can't say. I can only go back, man, when I was younger and I saw the uh, Panthers disintegrating, man, right before my eyes, because my father, uh, my stepfather was a vice lord. He was a shriner at that time. He owned businesses. And every vice lord that he was around owned a business on Londale, in the Londale area. Um, and they used to come to um, my house as a, when I was young, and they would play dice like every um, every other week or whatever, man, because, you know, they used to write me little letters and go pick them cigarettes up from the store. I used to be the runner. Just like the little right. guy that was in um, Heart of Nights. I was, I was oh, that little, little guy boy. in Heart of Nights. Was, that little was me. Boy. Back in the uh, mid to early 60s, man, they give me a, a note. I go get the cigarettes, come on back. And um, I saw it, you know, because, you know, being a little younger, it was peaceful, man. You know, we didn't we didn't have to be worried about it. We didn't have to worry about anything, you know. And and I, I've seen my stepfather do some things, man, uh, back in those days, man. I, I wouldn't want to say it over the radio, but I've seen it, you know. And, and he was a loving guy. You know, um, my father... Uh, God bless his soul, man, you know, if, if that's what you believe in, man. I didn't believe in him at all because he didn't come back and get us. My stepfather embraced the heck out of us. And when I saw the first time I saw him in his shrine uniform with that tall hat with that little tassel in the front and those big broad shoulders, I thought he was God, man. I really oh, did. So my you know, and, hat. Yes. Yeah, what, what were you saying I don't know what the heck that was, man. He said about the Morris hat. I didn't know what the heck that oh, was, okay. man. But when I first saw him in that uniform, man, it 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 it, it stuck. I didn't understand it, but it stuck. I've never seen a black person when I was at that age dress like that, walk like that, talk like that. And when he talked, everybody around him listened to what he was saying. Uh, maybe that was just the vice lords back in the day, but um, they respected each other. And when I saw the Panthers going at it, man, in the late 60s, man, you know, um, it was, I, I I didn't know what to feel after that, man. You know, I I, I felt sad because I knew I wasn't going to go back up and get those breakfasts anymore. Yeah. You, know, you know, the guys that used to come to the house and shoot dice and whatnot, they stopped coming. You know, I'm only giving you this from a from an 8-, 9-, 10-year-old perspective. And yeah, I yeah. saw that stuff, oh, man, man. I'm interested, too, man. You got my attention. I wanted to uh, just, just to ask you right quick. So you knew people that were inside of the park. You actually were yeah. influenced by the party. What all programs did they bring to you guys? Oh, they was mostly uh, after school kind of like basketball. Um, you name it, man. They they took us to the parks. They um, breakfast again. You know the lunch thing. You know um, they would see us on the street and they said, "How you doing, little brother?" You know they had their little yeah. cams on, their little black jackets and gloves and whatnot, man. But they made sure nobody messed with us, man. I I can't remember a bad incident I had, man, in the sixties. Uh, Not one. And don't forget. Don't forget, brother Jim. They also had. They also had. They also, hey, they also had medical care now. They had medical care. Now that I they didn't experience that because I never. Yeah. 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 They. Yeah. They. 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 They, they, had, they had connections with that also, man. When you can. Uh, I never. I wasn't part. I did the breakfast in the lunch because I was on the. Jimmy was on the west side at this time. I came start on the west side at this time. I was on the south. But I was on 71st Street, East, you know, we, Brown Paxton, they had a free lunch program, and I would, I didn't have the breakfast, but I had the lunch. 
program every damn it every day. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that hurt when I stopped, man. That I always thought they just had the free breakfast program. I didn't know they had the free. They had a free lunch program. Oh, they had lunch. Yeah, they had they lunch. Called it Operation, yeah, it used to be Operation Breadbasket or something. I think that's the one Jesse Jackson started. Breadbasket was uh, Jesse. I don't remember what it was. Jesse I remember Jackson, that lunch. Right. Good. Yeah, I, was yeah. See, I knew about the sickle and whatnot. I knew about the sickle cell research, but I didn't know they actually offered Medicare. Like they were actually, you know, what I'm saying, have free clinics open. Well, what they, what they, what they really—the main thing—it was all a brotherhood, man. Like Brother Jimmy just said, you know, they see you on the street. It's, what's up, little brother? They had you know the black leather jackets, which was, I thought was the coolest thing in the world with the afros. And, yeah, uh, it was. It was all it was it was brotherhood, all brotherhood, and the system knew that, which is why they they saw how great Fred Hampton was. They saw he was coming up as another Malcolm X, which is why they they had to kill this people, and they they did. Okay, gee, the trip last question. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but y'all got y'all guys got me. Okay, just one more last question. So, as a child, what was it like the day after Fred Hampton died? How was the streets? How did the streets respond to that? I went to Bryn Mawr School, uh, which is, matter of fact, the same school Michelle Obama went to. This is in 1968, I believe it was. And uh, we, uh, the fire airlines kept getting pulled, uh, we, which means the fire department kept coming before. We we all walked went out to the uh, the playground and uh, just kind of had our own little, little boycott. Uh, and I, I, I definitely remember that on 74th and Jeffrey because we went out and, and congregated on 74th and Jeffrey in front of the school. And uh, that's what I remember most about that. They ended up putting hall monitors on there so the kids couldn't jump out and hit the fire alarms. And that's how I was. Uh, that I, that's the most immediate memory I have at that time. Go ahead, Brother Jim. only thing I can remember, I went to Herzl at, um, at Independence and Lundell. I went to Herzl School. Then we went to Hess at seventh grade. That was a, a little further down on Independence. The only thing I can remember um, was that we we weren't we weren't able to to go long distances like we were before that. It was almost like you know it wasn't like a riot, physical riot, but it was a mental riot, man. Because we just could. My mom wouldn't let us do the things that we did before that. You know, because we was all over, you know, being 8, 9, 10, 11, man, just walking around Londale, period, man, it was no big deal. You know, but then everybody got, I felt like at one point everybody got scared of who was coming down the block. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes any sense. It was like everybody was trying to, how can, I'm, trying to I'm trying to put it in words, man. It was strange. It was strange. They put everybody on guard. Okay, that makes sense. Like PTA, you know what I'm saying? You keep, you keep going through some traumatic experiences, and then eventually you just, even when there's nothing there, you still like, oh, I'm coming. To leave you in a warped mind state. Just for me and you keep saying, you know what I'm saying, from what you're trying to relate, it's like, okay, after they feel free, it's like, we don't know what they're going to do now. Because they feel free, and he was like, Big. He, I mean, they literally shot this man down and dead. Uh, absolutely. They didn't yeah. even yeah. put his clothes on. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It's, 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 now, now, I really see, I, 
I remember a whole lot more of how the streets were when, when Dr. King was killed, when the, all the army tanks and all those were coming, not the tanks, but the, uh, what do you call the army, the things they would come down the street riding on, not the army tanks, but the National Guard were called out all over the place. But, uh, yeah, I, I always, Hanrahan, who was the, the guy who uh, orchestrated this, I, I wanted them to, somebody to kill that man so bad. I said, well, why can't we just do Fight fire with fire for once. I hated that dude. I hated him. I hated him with a passion. How do you feel about Mayor Davis? Father. Not the son, but the father. His, his father and his son, I feel the same way about them as I do Hammerhead. Now, his father did try to do a little sugarcoating thing, summer jobs and all that. Which, you know, at the time, it was like, man, you had a, had a little job in the summer, make a little money, get some clothes for school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his son... I thought was just uh, borderline retarded. He was a puppet for whoever was his puppet master. <laughs> George Bush the dude had abs- the George. He was worse than George Bush. He had, and George Bush was bad. He was worse than Bush. No- that, that, that's that's deep, ain't it? But uh, yeah, with, with this, as matter of fact, as matter of fact, uh, Mayor Davis' son, he should be in prison now. Jesse Junior in prison. Mayor Davis should be in prison for all the shit that dude carried on. He really should be in prison, but he's protected by the system, so he'll be okay. That's my opinion. Yeah, that's that's that was to the extent of my um, experience over there, man. It was just I just had a fun time, man, over there where we were at, man, because I own a business now, I own a T-shirt business because my stepfather, man, he he had two of them. You know, the house, the, the three flat that we were in at 1550 Londell, it was a three flat. He owned it. He owned a lot on either side. Um, he owned a fish market. He owned a garage. And I saw all this stuff, man. And, you know, he instilled that stuff in me, man. He didn't say, he didn't put me on his knee and say, this is what I want you to be. He showed by doing. That's why I always, I always come up I got this line that I say every now and then on Facebook, show by doing. He showed me the stuff that he was doing. He didn't, he didn't direct me in any direction. You know, it, it felt good, you know, that, that we had, we never went hungry. You know, and like I said, we felt safe on the street up until, you know, that little incident. But after that, it wasn't to the point where we had to lock doors. It was just, you know, different. It felt different. It wasn't the same. It wasn't scary. Right. You know, we were safe, but it wasn't scary. It was just different. You know, a lot of stuff stopped happening. Well, you know, Fred used to always say people learn by observation and participation. I was reading that on one of his pieces. And I think that's something that's in Chicago that need, like how your your father, your stepfather showed you how to start a business. You know, Jewish people, you know, and Polish people and the Greeks, they start businesses and they show each other exactly how to do it, in and out. So there's no mistakes. And if you show someone something young, they're more likely to fall back on that because if they don't have anything else, it's something to fall back on. If I don't make it in the NBA, if my dad was, you know what I'm saying, an electrician, and he taught me how to do electricity at a young age, I'm less likely to go out there and sell drugs or gangbang because I can always fall back on this electricity thing that I know how to do. Exactly. So Exactly. I, I think exactly. That, that was that was, that was was deep what he did for you because he really just gave you the game because it's a capitalist society. I'm realizing that I'm trying to get me a job right now, and... I know a lot, but I don't know a lot about business. See what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying you, man, to figure out how. 
I'm sorry, brother. No, I was about to say I was in the corporate atmosphere, man. Even when I was still in, living in Cabrini here in Chicago, and and I was um, I was working on Michigan. I, I was, my first my first job was on Michigan Avenue, working as a graphic um, um, apprentice. Now, apprentice means that I'm doing everything but the graphic stuff. So I had to run packages here and there, and, and I learned the business. You know, from the time that I was 20, I'm going to say 21, to the time that I quit when I was 29, I learned how to do what they were doing and making a shitload of money from it. The only difference was is at toward the end was, and the reason that I got out of that game, the corporate game, was, you know, they walked to me and told me they wanted me to train somebody just as good as I was. Not being stupid, I'm saying, well, damn, you just want somebody, you want me to train somebody to take my job. And so <laughs> I kept that attitude. <laughs> That's what I got out of it. You know, and, right. you know, as much money as I made to, from the time I was 21 to 28, it didn't matter because I, I, I was the end of my usefulness because I ran packages, um, 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 a technician, became assistant technician, and then became manager of that department. I did that within an eight-year span, still living in Cabrini. And and one of the things that they didn't understand was me living in Cabrini didn't mean that I was a part of that society that they had in mind, that they had pictured. Yeah. So well. I did my thing and, did, and I made them their money, but they didn't see Jimmy. They saw a little Negro living in a project that we just happened to have on our payroll. So I rolled with it. So I let them think what they wanted to think. I clocked my dollars and I stacked them. And when I left, I started my little T-shirt thing. And and the rumors were that I was gonna come back to them because I didn't know nothing else. I left them didn't even look back. And and the little white boys that they had to replace me, you know, they came in like uh, like like gunslingers, thinking they're gonna take down the old gunslinger. That was me. I let them do what they wanted to do, man. And and I found out, man, that. They really didn't know what the hell they were doing. It's just that they did enough to impress them, and that was enough for them. But I was the shit, you know. And when Brother I left, D. I was the shit, you know. Brother D, do you still come back to Chicago often at all? Yeah, uh, I come up there sometimes. My pops up there still, so you know. Okay. I go up there okay. 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 You 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 comfortable? You you feel secure? Is it? I mean, you you got uh, uh, homies here. You know, you had you, you, uh, a group that you oh, yeah, put together. Yeah, I got man. My, my, my cousin is Sam Thompson. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know if you know him. He played for Ohio. Okay, I've heard the name. Yeah. I've heard the name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I got I got Bukum family up there, my brother, all them people up there. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's how I know so much about Chicago because all my people from up there. And that's just like the same thing that's going on in Chicago. Everybody from Chicago got family ties in Mississippi. Let me see if you got yeah, to Chicago. Yeah. Last yeah. thing, I keep yeah, saying I, last thing, man, but I, I, y'all keep giving me. One thing I want to ask you, both of y'all, how old were you? Brother said he was in Cabrini Green. How old were you when you first saw crack, and when did you know that this was going to be something that was going to be horrible for the community? I didn't uh, know it was going to be horrible. I, didn't I mean, know what, 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 hey, what, when did you, what incident did you say, 
okay, this is shit. It's getting out of control now. This is going to go. This is different than the heroin. This is going to go totally south. Well, be totally honest with you, we was we was dropping teas and blues and smoking weed and drinking a little Richard. And um, I didn't go to the, I didn't graduate to heroin or crack, but crack. I, the first time I saw somebody on crack was like eighty five. 86, right. 87, something up in there. Yeah, and, right. and yep. the guy was, I mean, I ain't never saw nobody get out of clothes and just run. First time I saw that, man, it messed my head up. I, I, That's when I stopped smoking weed because I thought somebody put something on the weed or whatever. You know, and, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I stopped. Because I ain't yeah, know yeah, about crack, it. you know. Yeah. I, I, I was, so I I was. I was a serious weed smoker, got my drink on, but uh, crack I never messed with. But I, I pretty much got wind of crack just by kind of, kind of by watching the news. And uh, I was in a bowling league for years, and I noticed that some things were going on, and you know, people, you know, slap, you know, slapping five in the bowling alley, and at the same time, you, your hands hit, your, one is passing it, they walk to the next person, you know, little things and uh, some attitude changes. I just people started acting a little differently, had different characteristics and everything. But it's about about in eighty five. Eighty five I was twenty about twenty eight to seven now. We old schoolers. But we coming down, I don't want I don't want the I don't want the uh the show to shut off on us. I put it in for ninety minutes and we coming to the end. But brother G man, you I appreciate your contribution, man. I mean this is what we need to hear, uh to, to mix in with the old schoolers and the and, and, and the uh the and the youth, man. And uh even youth going back Hell, younger than than you, but uh, to hear what you had to say is that's uh, I, I like that man. I much respect to you. Thank you, thank you. It was an honor yeah. for y'all to have me on y'all show. And uh, anytime that I see y'all on Blog Talk, I'm definitely gonna call in. So thank you. We, we appreciate Richie, that. Before brother. you go, man, let me say, let me say this before you go, G. Uh, as far as um, uh, jobs and, and all that stuff, learn a skill. You'll never be out of a job if you had a skill. Because I got involved with the T-shirt business, I went to a black T-shirt-owned company and asked them, "Can I work for free? If they, if I would do anything they wanted me to do, as long as you teach me the business." And I ain't looked back. That's a skill. Anybody can get a job, but ain't nobody gonna 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 reach and 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 and, and try to get a skill under their belt. You can't. They can't take that from you. So whatever it is that you like, be passionate about it and learn it. And they can't take that, and you can take that anywhere you want to go. I just want to say that before we out there, bro. G, take care, man. Much respect to you, man. All right, peace, brothers. Love, man. All right, All right now, explain that, bro. Take care. Now. Okay, where we at, man? That's, that's, man, I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm a rad. I'm a rad. This one for a while. That's one of the probably the most. Uh, in depth and interesting calls I think we've had since we've been doing this together. I I, I appreciate that, man. That's what uh, yeah, that that's was, what it's all about. It took me back Hello? a little bit because I didn't think about a lot of stuff on um and, and and when I was coming up on the west side, man, until he brought it up and then I started reminiscing, man. That's it took me back a little yeah. bit, but I enjoyed it, you know. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, I, I really enjoy. I enjoy talking about the Panthers because they had a, they had a great they had probably one of the you know, I don't even think we. I don't think either one of us is still giving them the amount of credit. I don't know if you can give them the amount of credit that they had working for themselves at one time because 
they were doing it, man, and that's what the system saw before we did. That's why they got rid of them, before we could really see the depth of what they were doing, which is how they do things. They're ahead of us. And you oh. know what, though? As long as we don't own the media, as long as we don't own any newspaper, we're never going to hear stuff about that. You know, and I tell everybody, I'm getting so fucking tired of hearing about Dr. Dr. every year around Black History Month. I'm just sick of it, man. It's like it's too many I agree, black heroes out there for us to be um, to, to, to look into and see what they've done. You know, they won't make any movies about anybody but King because King was really one of those type of guys, man, oh, we're not going to fight you. We're going to try to get along with you. No, I'll, bring, bring me a Nat Turner. Bring me a Nat Turner. Fuck that. I want somebody, man, that said, hey, look, I'm tired of you kicking me. <laughs> this is what's going to happen to you if that, you man. keep kicking me. There you go. Because you and I got an NBA and they let you marry one of the little white girls, it ain't gonna end. 
if you're going to stand for something, stand for something. It's okay to be involved with the system, but you ain't got to be part of the system. There's, there's only one system out there, and we don't control it. So all we can do is, is try our best to get along. I'm not going Dr. Martin Luther King route. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back on next route because I'll be damned if I let somebody slap me and kick me and, and spit on me, and then you got and then you're going to have the gall to tell me I'm a good Negro and pat me on my head, and then you're going to celebrate me every year and forget about everybody else. No. As long as I got breath in me, I'm going to keep bringing it up. You know, and I'm not going to pray about it because when you start praying, that means that you gave up. That's, that's me thinking. It's not anybody else's opinion. That's my opinion. I'm right once there you with start you, praying, you wait I'm no right there with you. I'm right there with, with you. With that being said... <laughs> With that being said, welcome to another edition, um, Real People from the Hood, and we'll get a chance to see you guys next week, talk to you guys next week, and everybody have a good evening. And Brother G, okay, again, brother. thanks for calling in. Keith, my brother, thing, man, and I'm feeling good about where we're going with our shows, man. And uh, When's your show going to debut also? I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I'm, I was thinking about doing one tomorrow. Uh, I'm not. I think I'll probably, and I'm. I might, but I, I have to keep it posted. I'm just about there, and uh, it's, it's going to be a okay. doozy because I've had quite a few, quite quite a, quite a while to put some shit together. It's going to be pretty good. It's going to be pretty good. Oh yeah, that's okay. We're okay. going to follow. We're going to follow you. We're going to follow you accordingly, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Real people from the hood, y'all. We'll see you guys next week. Y'all take take it easy, Keith. All right. Back my love Yeah, friend.